Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, everybody. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open with Teresa. We're going to talk today about, like, I'm just not doing anything with my life. This is not just, I think, feeling stuck or in a rut. It's also the the loneliness or the isolation and that feeling of just not f- having motivation, but also um, direction. I think that was the word yeah. an audience member used to describe kind of this space that they were in. I, I like what you said around the idea of isolation. I think when we talk about anything that has to do with not feeling like you're doing anything, mm-hmm. it's tied to so many beliefs we have around what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But it's such um, an intimate space to be in that I don't really believe that there's a space where we can have that conversation with people and not, not be judged for feeling that way. Or how much you judge yourself, like the more time passes. Yeah. When you think of your life and when you felt this way, what was going on? Well, let's not, let's not talk about last year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think 2020 was, was a very important year, but outside of that, where I have experienced this feeling is at different times when I have felt like I'm just ambling on you know i'm just walking with really no direction it's just i'm walking for the purpose of walking so nobody asked me like what are you doing Uh but i felt that way when um when i got divorced Uh i felt that way once i graduated college i'm kind of feeling that way a little bit now because i'm towards knock on wood the end of my dissertation Uh journey Uh and then like for me i'm like so what are you gonna do now yeah What, what, what happens now so big changes, big transitions, and big loss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Like when I think of the first thing I thought, when, like I'm not doing anything in my life, was whenever I had long periods of unemployment, big loss. Yeah. Then I was unemployed. Then if I got depressed because I was unemployed for too long, then it was like, oh my gosh, then that's a trap. But I did also have moments where not doing anything with my life where it's like an existential crisis where you're like, oh, my gosh, my life is meaningless because I don't know if what I'm doing has any meaning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, when you talk about job loss, I think that's an important thing too. like or even if you have a job that it's in in any way related to anything you actually enjoy, but it's a job because you need to have a job to pay for things. Yeah. When I was a file stalker, like literally I was a human person who took a file and put it on a shelf and then someone <laughs> yeah. would come and pick up that same file that I picked that I just shelved and they would take it off and I would literally stand in this stupid room and be like, what is the damn point of my job? Yeah, I worked retail too and in the midst of me trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Because I really want to do something in mental health, but you know, I didn't really know what. And then I was like, I'm just going to go work a job because I need money. Yeah. And then luckily I got into some direct service work, but I remember feeling like, dude, you worked, you worked for what? Like, what's the point of all this? 
I hate that feeling. I feel like a lot of people that I've worked with who are in this space too, at least on a mental health side, came out of a mental health moment where their life got upended because of their mental illness. And it was it's really hard to think about returning back to what normal society thinks that we should be doing. Yeah. Because so much of that is tied to employment, which is why I think we should be investing more money and like helping people get jobs because jobs do give you so many things about your identity and the structure and like feeling like you're accomplishing something, even if you're just filing files, which is totally not true. Those are not meaningful jobs. <laughs> like we can't give people subpar education and like think that that somehow cr- creates meaningfulness. No, but I think what you're also getting at is um, what you get from it, right? When you What you get emotionally from feeling like you have a responsibility, people depend on you, you depend on others. That's that's the meaningfulness of what you're talking about. Yeah. And even if the actual work, you know, the tasks of your job may not be meaningful in that they are you're you're able to climb up the ladder, you know, of success. Yeah. I'm referring to like I like going to work cuz I actually like seeing Teresa's face enough that um I'm not regretting it. <laughs> Thanks, son. Thanks. It is that is what jobs give you. It gives you meaning. Mm. And I think that's where that feeling in that lull space is so hard because when you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything with my life, it also is so deep. It's about not feeling like you have meaning, that yeah. you have purpose, that you have value. Yeah. When you like get to the heart of it. Anytime I have felt like I'm not doing anything outside of work, it feels like my presence doesn't make any difference to anybody. Yeah. You know? What is my self-worth? Yeah. Have you ever been in the space so much that you got sucked into a vortex, like, of your living room? Or Do you know what I'm talking about? You mean the period of time in my life where I barely left the apartment? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you were just okay. like, I'm just chilling by myself. I don't want to go do anything. I'm just here. Yeah, exactly. Did time change for you? A sense of time and space? I think so in a way um, because I think time, the the actual essence of time slipped away because all of a sudden it was like years And it's a catch-22 because time feels so slow, but it also moves so fast. And then you kind of look back and you're like, how has that much time passed? And I didn't even still do anything. And then you feel shame and guilt. And it just reinforces that um, feeling of lack of self-worth that makes motivation so hard to to come out of that trap. Yeah. You know, too, though, everything that you're describing, it got like – thrown in your face last year. Every single thing that you've described, I felt last year. Really? And in many ways, yeah, I still feel that way at times. And I'm and I'm trying to adjust my expectations, how I see things so that it's not so visibly jarring to me, you know, where I'm like, wow, a year of time has passed. What have I done with myself? And you're like, well, damn, I didn't do anything. How, did I have, have I really done anything? And that's where you get stuck in that rumination piece, right? 
Mm -hmm. you, you just question why something's happened, why you didn't do it, things. And I, and I want to say it, it is very much tied to what you see is happening with others. And you think what they look like, you know, their lives have all nice and pretty things. They're put together. They have great jobs. They have great families. They have all these things. And you're just like, oh, it's just me and my cat. I want to learn more about this because I see you every week and I'm like, oh, you have a job and you're here. And like, why <laughs> would you think that your life, like, tell me more about that. Why, why does that resonate with you this last year? It resonates with me because I think there was a period. I couldn't tell you exactly when because I lost sense of time mm -hmm. um, within the last year where I was just like, why are you doing what you do? Do you really get anything from it? Are you mm. happy with what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Is it causing too much heartache? Mm. That's where I was like, I, I really went through some like deep thoughts to be like, no, nah, I'm okay. You're just, you're just putting yourself up against all these other measures and they're not, they weren't helpful at all. Mm. Did you get stuck in the, <laughs> the comparison trap? Um, a little bit. I think I got more stuck in my feelings of not doing enough because I feel like I could do more. Mm. This is this is a very good thing because we've talked about this for me. You know, like I have always had weight issues. So for me, I was like, you could work out. Yeah. And it's not like I, I didn't do anything last year to work it out. And then suddenly something I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And I started working out. And when I ask myself why, what's the, what happens in that transition for you to then move from doing nothing to doing something, it was just a feeling of like frustration that I couldn't put in enough effort. Yeah, putting in effort is hard when, when we're stuck. But I feel like there's something else there. Like, is there... I would, when you're talking, I also, outside of like the comparison thing, I feel like um, what also happens is like if you, you know you wanted to work out, but like you're having a hard time getting motivated to get there. And sometimes it triggered in me this thought of like not knowing what your destination is, like, you know, so you're like, oh, I guess I'm exercising and doing this stuff. But like, what's your goal? Like, where yeah. are you going? Why do you want to lose weight? Is it because you want to be healthy? Do you literally want to lose 15 pounds? Or do you feel pressure to do that because other people told you to do that? You know? Yeah. And when, when you're in this space where like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not doing anything with my life. It's because people will often say, well, you need to lose weight or you need to have a job or you need to do this and that. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not meeting any of those weird expectations. I don't even know where they come from and whether they should be mine. And now I feel like I don't have direction because none of this resonates with me about how I should be living my life. It is uh, in many ways connected to the and what. So you're going to go work out and then what? What, your life is going to get like 30 times better because you're working out? Or, yeah, so you're going to go and clean up your kitchen. And then what? Mm -hmm. What's going to make you feel better? No. You know, so that that's that's where I get stuck. You sure you're not depressed? <laughs> you sound like me when I'm depressed and I'm just like mopping the floor. I'm like, what the hell is the point of this? I should just put the mop down. <laughs> so dumb. But th that's what, it, it's that feeling of like, 
there's like an ambivalence to just be like, what, what, what's the point of all of this? And why, why are we doing all this? So it ties back to what you're saying, like people, what they expect of you. Actually, something you said, oh, it, this is, see, this is hard because like, this is a complex experience that people feel all the time, but we never drill down to unlayer all the pieces of the onion to understand why we're feeling this space, right? Oh, I remember a time in my life where I was like, you know, when you're young and people are like, oh, you could do anything you want to do. I feel like millennials got that to the max. But there was a period where it was like, oh, you could do anything. And I was like, the crushing weight of doing anything meant I did nothing because I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what does that even mean? I have to go find some secret passion. And you see that on social media where people have like living their best lives, living their passion and living their dreams or whatever. I backpacked through Europe. Yeah, I mean, like, and yeah. the, like so much like so I had a whole period of my life where I was like that I just like was paralyzed probably for like a good 10 years by this idea that I was supposed to be living out my passion or something. And instead, I chose to live out my suffering. <laughs> just so I chose mental health. But and it was and I and then I had to and then I went I don't know if I went like the other wrong direction where I was just like, screw it. There is no passion. Find a job make a living, try not to be homeless or go to jail. <laughs> that is your yeah. only, that is a measure of success, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I'm like, that's clearly not right either. Like that is not the way to solve my problems of I'm not feeling like I'm doing anything with my life or feeling fulfilled. And now I'm like in the middle where I'm like, okay, if it's not find your passion and if it's not just try not to be homeless, then what does the middle ground look like? Yeah. The middle ground looks like my face right now. <laughs> Like life. Like, You're uh, like, oh, well, it's just life. That's not true. Yeah. So let's go no. back to this idea of meaning, right? Yeah. Purpose yeah. and meaning direction. You're feeling like in the last year you've really struggled because you don't have purpose, meaning, or direction. Have there been any moments in your life where you're in the last year where you're like, oh, this gives me direction, this gives me meaning or purpose? Yes, there have been minor blips. <laughs> <laughs> no. There, there have been, um, but I've, I have, I have had to take time to really focus mm -hmm. on seeing them for that, mm. and not negating it by saying like, "Well, you could have been doing this." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what comes out of those experiences for me is a realization that there isn't anything perfect that I have to aim for. There isn't like this, the best self America, you know, like every yeah. single piece of America is like, not America, the country, me, America, the person, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And realizing I'm all right with that. It's yeah. okay. I totally agree. When I look back, when I felt very lost, I had to really practice what I think that when y'all talk about like seeing the positive and something, I had to pay more attention to give something value because my brain was so oriented to seeing the negative that that practice alone was very hard and I had to do it in the same way that like um, motivation, like I don't know if you feel this way, the last year has been very hard for you and you don't know what direction you're going, but to feel motivated to get the thing done or to go exercise or to go outside my house and meet someone or write my cover letter and send it out versus like how easy it is to watch another movie mm -hmm. on Netflix. 
it's just so easy to feel comforted with the couch. And it was so hard to think about how to put myself out there and like go meet someone. But and when I went to go meet someone, I had to be like, don't see all the negative in that. Like you at least put your shoes on and walked out the door. For example, that meeting doesn't have to have gone perfect or it doesn't mean that you have had to go, go get a job. I had to see the good things in every little step because the the negative frame was just like the crushing weight of living in that time period. <laughs> you know what I find very interesting in this conversation, Teresa, is that normally in our tete-a-tete, mm-hmm. your perspective is much more of the the negative one, right? Like not not bad negative, but your experiences are kind of shadowed in that space and then i'm like well you should think about these things right but you're doing that now for me the opposite right because it it really does require for you to change the way that you are going to see x thing happen in your life and even if you think yeah i put on my shoes i met this person not the best person i'm ever gonna meet obviously because we didn't get along but I made the effort and that gets back to that piece of trying to find a connection to belonging and to motivation. I think because this particular phrase has so many layers of kinds of suffering that most of society and even you and I want to avoid it. Like it's Mm. so painful because it's lonely. Like it's the, it's a kind of loneliness that's very hard there's so much judgment involved from other people yeah. who are like, what are you doing with your life? And if they're not actively saying that, you ask yourself that, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, are you ever going to find something that matters or, you know? And then the lull of falling into the darkness is so easy. And those three things combined, it's just like when I know people who I've worked with are in this space, like, the first thing I want to do is just give them a hug. Yeah. And maybe just like go sit with them at their house and watch Netflix with them. Because you can't come off the bat being like, oh my gosh, you're not doing anything with your life. Like I've done that as a therapist where I'm like, okay, what do we do? Like, what do we need to do here? Like, do you want to work on your resume? Like, what is your identity? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whoa, there's so much there. Like you got to crawl. It's like addiction, you know, like you, you're in this dark space. You have to crawl out of that hole that I think that's why there are layers and why it's very hard to feel in the space. And I bet too, when other people see me, when I'm in that space, like they see my suffering and it's so painful for them to watch me that they're like, hey, how can I help you? Like, how's your resume? And then there's always that moment of tension where you're like, oh my gosh, don't come at me with like what I'm supposed to do. I already feel that pressure, but I'm clearly also not doing anything. Yeah. I think the guilt that you're talking about and that loneliness factor is even more isolating when the people around you don't really understand the depth of loneliness and despair that you feel. And then when you want to voice it and it's not welcome, there is judgment because you're like, well, you have everything. What are you complaining about? You know, you have a job. You're not struggling here. You're not struggling here. You're not. And, and it's like, that doesn't mean that I'm fine and happy and fulfilled. It just means I have all these things and what that's what we should call this and what (laughs) and what now what yeah I have had those feelings for long periods of my life in the past and those have been so hard that it 
when when you were like, oh, I'm not doing anything with my life, it made me, it like overwhelms me. And then I forget that I do have these micro thoughts. Like I, I have in the last year sat at my job and been like, oh my God, I'm going to quit. What am I doing? I'm answering 50,000 emails that go nowhere. What's the point? What's the point of life? You know, if all you ever do is just answer emails and take meetings, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's why this question is so hard because it's existential. It is like, it's the question that we ask that is about our personhood. It's like, who are you? <laughs> Where do you want to be? And how do you find? We keep going back to that. And so let's go here because I think we need to move on in this conversation with ending with like, how does someone move on from this space? For me, it really helped to do some do some um, work and asking myself those questions like, what do you want to be? You know, like, what do you want to stand for? Who do you want to show to the world? And if these pieces aren't helping you, then change them. Cut them out of your life and make that change. Now, that doesn't mean I'm like, okay, that's it. You know, maybe it might it might be like I'm dipping. I'm I'm not working here anymore or something more extreme like I'm never talking to my mother or my dad again or whatever, you know? But it required for me to focus in on what really I wanted. And then I walked away feeling like, okay, I've defined what that is. Anything that falls out of those parameters, I'm not dealing with it. I think I I did have to have a process like yours where you're like, okay, what do I care about? Mm-hmm. And I had to I had to step away from the job as being the answer to my identity and do the harder thing, which is like, well, who are you? Mm-hmm. Which has always been hard for me because I don't have an identity. I'm just a husk. I'm a person who live literally just got born in this earth with no personality no hobbies. Like, I think we <laughs> talked about this before where like, I I pick up other people's hobbies and I pretend that like, maybe I'll, fi- maybe I'll, maybe I'll really like this, you know? But like, yeah. I'm still the kind of person where like hobbies don't totally stick. And I'm just like, God, my only hobby is depression. And I still struggle with that today. So, and when I have these kinds of thoughts, I kind of, it's hard for me not to go back to that where I'm just like, oh, well, I don't have a sense of who I am or like, what is it that I like? Or like, because so many people have that part of their identity where they're like fashion, art, something. Yeah. You know that activity that we've done before? I've done it in different workshops that I've run where, and you've mentioned it too, where you ask the individual, like there's a circle in the middle and then you just start drawing circles outside of it with, with words that identify who you are. Somebody asks you, who are you? And write it down. Yeah. And I think that for me, that's very useful because it helps you visualize what you are internalizing. Yeah. Even the the hardcore things that you're like, the negative things that you say to yourself, put it on paper and see it because I think that will help you focus in on what you may want to change, what you may want to do differently, what you really care about, and then hopefully make moves to get in a better headspace. Yeah, that tool. I mean, so I do tell people to write like descriptions of themselves, but almost all the time, myself and my clients, we write like really negative terms. So then I tell them to turn it on the other side and write somebody they love or like someone they trust or close to them and then use descriptive words for them. And then I say, well, you know, we pick our friends because they're kind of like us, but why are you so bad on yourself? Like, 
And then it's like, then you look at the descriptions of your friend or the person on the other side. And it's like, do you have those qualities? And what do they mean about who you are? And we don't honor that because I think in our society, we we put a lot of meaning and action and less in like who we are in our spirit. Like the society doesn't care that you're a funny person, like unless you can make money from it. Right. And mm-hmm. so we undervalue our personhood a lot. And that's why it's hard for people who feel like we don't have a direction in what we do to have meaning in who we are. So I had to, I'm still learning that, like, who am I and how does this in and of itself have meaning and goodness? And that's part of uncoupling, like this question about like, I'm not doing anything, like you are not doing an action as opposed to, it doesn't matter what you do, you have value, which then allows me to just say like, oh, well, if today all I did was feed the birds in my bird feeder, that was something that I did that I enjoyed. And it added some kind of meaning in my life because it added a moment of calm and it helped me self-reflect and I'm with nature. And it's not like the same thing as like hiking the John Muir Trail or whatever, but it's my version of like that, that I wish I had more time to do. Yeah. It's very hard. If you're feeling like this in this space, I think the hardest thing about it is feeling so alone. And like I it's always been the most hard for me to feel in that space if I was physically alone. And so the first thing I always had to do to get out of the funk was just connect with anybody as much as I could because the trap to sit by myself and watch TV was really powerful. Yeah, you know, Teresa, what you shared is very important. Um, So like finding people, right, that you can talk to or just, you know, sometimes and I have done this in many instances in in the last year is like, I just need you to listen, not say anything. I just need you to listen. That's it. I did join meetup groups because like in my community, there were a couple like Socrates Cafe meetings where it was really structured and I could just show up and say something if I wanted to or not. And the people were welcoming and I didn't feel like there was some expectation. Like I didn't have to go Mm -hmm. and play a game or do like something. I could even go show up and not even say anything, you know, and they (laughs) were really cool about it. Um, And that helped me to just practice like being in presence of people (laughs) again without being so awkward or feeling like so in my head about my anxiety. And that helped a lot. Because once I could like just learn how to be in the world again, it was easier to do other things. I would just to close out, I would say, you know, I think we we will go through this and have this feeling at different times in our lives. So it's not just an an end on like it's not going to end today or not ever happen again. Just be pay attention to it. And if, um, you know, hopefully you get something out of today's session. It helped me a lot. Thanks, Risa. Who are you, America? What do you care about? Where do you want to go with the meaning of who you are? I don't know. There are a lot of like philosophical nuggets here, which is hard to wrap around. But I do think that maybe the the nuggets, if something resonates, that's a sign for you to go, okay, I'm going to hold it longer in my head than half a second and just like really attend to why that might indicate something inside of us about where we're searching for meaning and purpose rather than like carrying on social society's expectations about where you should be. Yeah. 
All right, friends. Keep fighting in the open, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Talk soon. Bye.